Hi, welcome to For the Culture Canada, the center point of art and entrepreneurship. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know to follow us on all of our social media at For the Culture Canada and all of the major streaming platforms at For the Culture Canada podcast. Today, I have a person that I've always thought was very intriguing. I would see this character at various shows that I've gone to, you know, uh, punk concerts uh, and so and other various types of local venues. Um, he's a videographer, a photographer. He has a company that he works under. He also has a dubstep duo, which I didn't actually know about, and also a clothing brand. I'm going to get into that a little later. Today, I'm featuring... Matthew Bermatov, otherwise known as Alien Matt. Thank you for joining the show, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very, very, very excited to sit down and uh, answer and explore any questions that you have. And uh, yes, I, I do have a clothing brand and uh, DJ Duo is indeed correct. Yeah, um, I was doing a little bit of research of you, of course, oh, before the thing happened, and uh, it just sort of like made me have more questions. That's kind of what it's supposed to do, obviously. Oh, <laughs> uh, the real question is, how far did you go? Uh, basically, what was sort of like connected to your social media, okay. right? Just sort of like everything that was all the links that you provided is the things that oh, I clicked perfect. and I dug into it. I clicked the links that were in those links Ooh. and I just sort of went through my way. But uh, first of all, though, first yeah. of all, before we get into everything, I want to know what's your background? Like, where did you grow up? Where did you graduate from? And, and so on and so on. Perfect. Okay. So uh, I'm, bo uh, I'm born and raised from Kelowna. Uh, I went through... Kelowna Christian School for all 14 years of uh, my schooling. Uh, I I did two two extra years of preschool because of uh, some personal um, personal things and uh, I and I guess to jump straight into it, how I became uh, who I am as of right now uh, goes all the way back actually. So. I'm 23 right now, uh, and everything that I started doing started off around when I was 13, and so this was uh, around uh, when YouTube was just coming to be like a thing to becoming popular. Uh, one day I decided to, I don't know why, but uh, when I was even a kid, uh, I would always grab my family's camera and, and take pictures and videos. And then once I realized one day what YouTube was, I made a account and I started making videos. I made super short skits. Uh, I made I made some Lego animations because I was super in, into that kind of stuff. And actually... Uh, you can actually go and still see all, see all of those videos under the username power894. There's some super cringy videos and uh, there's one like really embarrassing one, but it's <laughs> but it's worth it because um, if if I didn't do any of those videos, I wouldn't be who I am right now and uh, I wouldn't be doing what I what I'm doing because of it. 
there you go. That's all in the process of growing up, though. Like, oh, exactly. everybody growing up has uploaded something cringy oh, or embarrassing. Yeah. So, welcome to being human, Matt. No, thank you. <laughs> but the fact that I, I haven't deleted the videos or tried to take them off is something that I feel like most people try to do because they don't want they don't want anyone to see where they started from yeah but it's worth it yeah 100 percent. yeah exactly absolutely uh, and okay so the thing that i really know about you is that you yeah. really like hardcore music I right do. how did you transition from being a kid that was so into video into liking hardcore music and then eventually filming hardcore music um it would actually have to go back to um when i was this is really funny because when I was in high school, uh, so I wasn't allowed to listen to any kind of like screamo or metal when I was a kid. And my parents would actually tell me to turn off the soundtrack to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 because it had the ACDC song TNT on it. Wow. And they, they considered that as screamo music <laughs> so wow. so for for uh so i was probably i don't know seven when i started playing those games so from seven to 16 i wasn't into screamo or like hardcore music at all and then one day uh one day around the age of like 16 i was like you know what i want to start listening to like more like screamo music and so i searched on youtube or no i started listening to metallica on uh, youtube and so i was like this is cool but it was also around the time that i was really into like electronic music and so i went on on uh, youtube and i typed in top 10 screamo electronic bands and it gave me this list of of just a bunch of like emo phase music and so one of the bands was blood on the dance floor oh my god yeah and the thing <laughs> is i was super into those guys for some odd reason and uh and this is one of the cringy come up stories is that probably for like close to two years I would have them on repeat constantly. <laughs> you, I, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I showed my mom them, and uh, she's like, wow, these these guys are uh, kind of cool. And I showed my friends, and they questioned my sanity with life because they're like, Matt, you do know those are two guys. And I'm like, oh, well, that's news to me. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then uh, so... I went to, and then for my grad class, everyone was super into, like, old school metal. So, like, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Kiss. And I wasn't super into that kind of stuff. And uh, But it wasn't until I moved to L.A. for a couple of years. And what, then, what? Yeah. What the hell? What and grade so, were you in? Uh, I was... This was after I graduated high school. Oh, okay. I went to uh, <clears throat> L.A. for a couple of years. And I actually started meeting um, guys that were in a hardcore band. And so my first show was in 2013 or... Tw yeah, it would have been 2013. And so 
I went there because my friends were like, hey, we're playing a show. Don't know if you're into this kind of music, but like come out and see us play. And I was like, oh, sick. My friends, they're in a band. And, and at that time, I knew no one in a in a hardcore band. So my first show was uh, I saw uh, them open for Gideon and uh, the whole time that Gideon was playing and like the other opening bands, I was in, standing behind their merch table and looking at everything that's going on with people mic grabbing, people moshing, circle pits. I was like, this is weird. I don't know why people like it. I'm scared. <laughs> and then my friend got into the mosh pit, gets hit, gets hit in the head and he's like guys i think i have to go to the to the hospital and and then at that moment i stood there i was like well i'm never getting into this kind of music this is weird <laughs> uh and then uh fast forward once i got got so after i was done uh down in la i came back and uh my friend dan was like hey matt there's a show going on in October, you should come out. And then I was like, oh, this is sick. And so I went I went to it, and it just so happened to be the Putrid Brew record release show. Oh, and shit. Yeah. And so and it was kind of in that, like, weird transition because I was, I was kind of super into pop punk music, and I was, like, super invested in, uh, like, dubstep and trance. So I was like, this is cool, but I don't know what's really going on still at that point. And then after I went to that show, I started going to more and more shows, and then uh, my friend Dan was like, hey, check this band out, check that band out. And then as time went on, it kind of... I started realizing the same energy that was in uh, dubstep was kind of in uh, hardcore. And then I started realizing about the culture and like the history behind it, that it was something that was super cool and how no matter where you come from, you're accepted in some way. And I thought that was really cool. And then, uh, I'm wearing a Snapcase shirt, which is actually one of my top five favorite 90s hardcore bands and definitely like an influence when it comes to uh, writing music. Yeah. Why do you like Snapcase so much? The fact that they're different in uh, I haven't listened to a crazy ton of like old school hardcore, but the fact that they have the snare uh, is so visible to the ear opposed to like how in other like music genres the snare is kind of not as obvious and then the style of vocals and uh, if it has to do with the 90s I'm all for it mm. and so the fact that they were super big in in the 90s and uh, is what captured me and mm. And they sound different in some way, especially with the snare hits. And, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's why they're uh, one of my fa- one of my favorite bands. 
Very cool, man. Very cool. And so how did then that transition into you doing photography and videography for all these bands then? Okay, so this actually goes back to uh, when I was in L.A. I So when I started going to school down there, I had an iPhone 4. Okay. Picture quality, terrible on it. And I was living in such a amazing city that I was like, hey, I want to have something to document my time down here so I can look back at it in in the years to come. And so at that point, I had zero knowledge on photography. I had zero knowledge on how to use a camera except for like the two times that my friend who uh, was a photographer was like, hey, you can try and take a picture with my ca- with my camera. And so I, I didn't have like a super interest in like exploring it. I just wanted a, a decent camera. And so when I came... Uh, back here for Christmas break in my first year, mm-hmm. I went to a pawn shop one day and stumbled across a Canon Rebel T3 nice. for $320. And so I was like, okay, I have like $10 to my name right now. I don't know how, but I want this camera. Cause, and, and at that point I had no clue what, uh, what type of camera it was i just knew it was a canon but i didn't realize what the rebel t3 meant i (laughs) it just looked professional so i was like it must be professional yeah and so i went back home or i went to my parents place i was like hey i saw this camera uh how can you guys help me get it i have like ten dollars i can help pay for it and they're like Oh, we forgot to give you some birthday money, and uh, I think they. And then I got like a good sized chunk of cash for Christmas that it just so happened to add up to the uh, the amount of money for the camera. So I called the pawn shop. I was like, "Hey, I saw this camera. Can you guys hold it for me?" Now I didn't tell them my name, and so when I went down to the pawn shop. There was another guy that was looking at the same camera. And if I got there like a minute or even 10 seconds later, it it would have been gone because the employee was like, oh, did you call for this camera? And the guy that he was helping out was like, no. And then just and because I was there at the right time, I was like, oh, oh, I was the one that called in. And they're like. Okay, well, we can ring we can ring you through. And so I got the camera out of like pure luck. Wow. Yeah. And uh and then it didn't come with a charger, so I had to wait until I got back uh to LA to use my friend's charger. Right. Was it a body only or was it the lens as well? It had a lens. Which one? Stock lens. Which one was Oh, the, no. Which stock lens? No, it came with a uh 15 millimeter oh 50 millimeter yeah okay all right so so when i got it i was like how do i zoom in with this (laughs) (laughs) that's the trick you can't (laughs) exactly i realized that after probably two weeks or no i realized that probably after like the first time really messing with it yeah and coming back to having zero knowledge of photography 
I didn't realize how good of a lens that was. Oh, and, yeah. oh my God, yeah. yes. Until I started using it, I was like, all right. And then I started taking pictures. I was like, all right, this, <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't zoom in and out, but it can take really cool close-up pictures. It's also a real, it's, it's probably the best uh lens you could use for portraits yeah and yeah. and that's what i realized too with help with uh taking a couple of pictures of friends and just uh i love taking pictures uh of buildings with it mm. because it captured it so so crisply yeah that's the beauty of prime lenses they mm-hmm. don't just they don't uh degrade the quality at all yeah so that's very very cool man uh okay and so by the way Yes. Just because I'm a gearhead uh, and I really like technology and the yeah. process of learning it, how soon did you get into shooting manual modes? Uh, or have you not gotten into that yet? Maybe, uh, what's manual mode? Oh, manual is when you can actually control the aperture, shutter speed, and ISO. Uh, the moment I picked up the camera. Oh, okay. Uh, I, it's funny, too, because when I tried my friend's camera, mm-hmm. she shot on autofocus only and so i tried to take a picture of an i think it was a open and close sign or it was a like a storefront sign but i didn't realize that in order to capture a picture in in autofocus you have to like be on that uh that object and so i held down the shutter button and it didn't take the picture. I was like, I don't know what to do. And so, mm. uh, yeah, the I found... And then, like, as time went on, I realized how to use autofocus. But I like shooting in uh, manual mainly because I have more control over it. Mm-hmm. And I can actually control... I have more control over it. Yeah, definitely. And so how did that then transition into you taking photos for bands and stuff? It was actually the Future Brew show because uh, the reason why I do photography for shows now is because I never I never wanted to go to a show just to go to a show. I, yeah. I always wanted to have some like some input or not input, but some way of helping out and so uh it's funny how i met your brother was uh because i wasn't sure how open the scene was and this is going back to not knowing anything about hardcore right and so at the time i thought it was just like super strict like no photographers outside or like no photographers allowed and so I asked my dad or my friend Dan, I was like, hey, do you think it'd be okay if I brought my camera in? And uh, he's like, I, I don't know, but message this guy. And so, and the reason why I did was because when I was in, in LA, there were shows that I would try, that I would bring my camera into that were more like clubby kind of shows that they said no, no photographers or i would bring my camera and they would tell me to put it back in my car so i was like you know what i'm gonna ask the promoter which just so happened to be ravi and then he sent me a message a couple of hours later saying yeah dude we we love those type of people please come and do what you want and so 
I had zero knowledge on how to shoot a a hardcore show. Right. Because it was my first hardcore show. And well, it was my second hardcore show, but it was my first one actually having a camera with. Because when I saw Gideon and my friends open for them, that was like two months before I had my camera. And uh, so I shot the the Putrid Brew show and a handful of the pictures turned out good and majority of them were okay, but I didn't post major- majority of them. But there is one picture that I did take that I keep on looking back at it because every time I do, I, I notice someone that I know now, but that I didn't at the time that was in that picture. Oh, uh, yeah. And so it, so it was kind of like foreshadowing into what the future was going to hold because now at the time in 2015, I didn't know anyone in, in, in that picture. But fast forward two and a half years later, I now know majority of them. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And when it came to you starting off your own sort of thing, you started doing this a lot more consistently then at that yeah. point forward. Uh, when I shot it, when I shot that show in 2015, I had no intentions to continue it. I just wanted a way to explore photography because after I moved back from LA, I wanted to continue doing it because it was interesting. And after doing it for a year and a half at that point, I was getting better at it. And so it just so happened that I got into concert photography. And then after I posted the album onto Facebook, I was like, hey, if anyone needs a photographer at your show, let me know. And like a day later, I get this other band saying like, hey, we're doing a show at Flashbacks. Uh, Come through and uh, take as many pictures as you want. And so I shot one of like the very last shows at Flashbacks. And so those pictures didn't really turn out the best. Mm. Uh, They... They're a good example of to show people what kind of pictures I was taking before to what I am now. Mm. Uh, Cause I get it all the time where people are like, how do you take such great pictures? Like, what are you doing to get these styles? And then they're like, I wish I could take your pictures, but mine are looking like garbage. And I'm like, Hey, look at what I took two and a half <laughs> to almost three years ago and they're they're to my standards now terrible because if if you look at what i take now it's out of the park because i would never expect to be as good as i am right now yeah 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 Definitely. Okay, cool. So then you started to do it a lot more consistently. And then at what point was Wolf Shock then something that you wanted to just, was that something brewing in the the background? Or is that something that you just sort of like woke up to and thought, oh, I want to try this. I want to try getting paid for what I do. Yeah. So Wolf Shock is actually a funny story. Uh, If you look at the logo closely, it resembles the Playboy logo. 
a bit. And so that's why there's a bow tie and it's kind of in the shape of a bunny because Wolf Shock was originally going to be called Wolf Boy because I was actually going to make it into a fashion blog because I, uh, I was super into like Tumblr and Pinterest. And so there's fashion all the time on there. And uh, I applied to like be a fashion blogger on a couple of sites, but then I got turned down. And oh. so I was like, not screw it. I'll just start my own. And so, uh, December of 20, 2015 or no. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. December of 2015, I made this logo that is now the Wolfshock logo. And so, but I didn't use it until April, May, June time because I kind of lost the interest of starting a fashion blog because it, it was still a passion, but it wasn't like the first passion that I wanted to like drive upon. Right. Uh, but then how Wolfshock started was around, it was around May when uh, Jesse Hannenberg, uh sorry if I butchered the last name. Yeah, uh, he he messaged me and he was like, "Hey, have you thought about doing live sets?" And I was like, "I mean, it's been in like the thought process, but I never actually like pushed towards it until he asked me." And so I was like, "Hey, if one person wants it, why wouldn't another person want it or a group of people?" Right. And so, uh, and then at the time, my main channel, Alien Mad, had a copyright strike on it. Really? Yeah. What did? It, what was it? Uh, it was for posting a video that I used the Kanye West song "Power" in it, oh. and I posted that video in like 2015, no, like 2014, and then two years later, I get a email from YouTube saying we took down this video for using this song for this reason. You now have one copyright or one strike on your channel. If you get two more, your channel is terminated. So my, my punishment, I guess, was I couldn't post videos that were longer than 15 minutes. And so I was like, okay, well, majority of sets are longer than 15 minutes how can I uh, still post sets, but not on my channel? And then probably for like two weeks, I'm like trying to think of something. Do I want to uh, make another channel called Alien X Concerts? And that's where I just post like all my concert stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, wait, I have this logo logo on my computer. Why don't I use that? And then start making it into uh something that i something where i post music related things and so uh, so i i didn't want to use the name wolf boy because that at the for me sounded pretty lame and so <laughs> i was like okay what like what can i use to have the name wolf in it, but still sounds super cool. And so where the word shock came into uh, was in high school, my friend and I uh, 
who I was actually going to start DJing with, uh, I brought up the idea of us making our own like podcast uh, for underground music. And so it was going to be based around solely on like dubstep, trance, and like anything that had to do with electronic music. Right. And so I wanted that podcast, or at the time we called it a, a radio station, but it would have been a podcast. Uh, I... I wanted that name to have the word shock in it. So it was like electroshock something. And then I was like, and then we just kind of stopped talking. We both, gra- we both graduated high school and then we just kind of stopped talking about it. Mm. And so I was like, let's put wolf and let's put shock together and call it wolf shock. And then uh, where the entertainment side comes into it, uh, it was because so in high school, whenever I would come up with like a business name or a or a online name, I would first Google search it just to see that no one else has it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I did. And someone <clears throat> from like five years ago had a a channel under the name Wolf Shock. And so I checked Twitter. They they also had a name under Wolf Shock, and I was like, okay, what can I? How can I still use the name Wolf Shock but keep it different? And then I was like, wait, Entertainment Tonight, E T, oh E N T, Wolf Shock Entertainment. And so I put those two together. Had a Facebook page that I wasn't using anymore, but uh, it had over a thousand likes. So I was Damn. like, "Yeah." So I was like, "No, I'll just rebrand it and uh, ha- and start off with like twelve hundred likes." And so no one had any clue what it was, and myself for like the first six months people would ask me what wolf shock was and i was like i just go to shows i post pictures and i post sets on and then i post sets on onto it and then as like time went on i started doing more and more things with it and then one day i was at work at, at uh when i worked at canadian tire they asked me like what I do outside of work and I told them that I shoot concerts and I told them about Wolf Shock and they're like, oh, that's cool. What is it? And then I just said, oh, I document the music scene and then I put it onto my uh, page and then I just stood there. I was like, that's what Wolf Shock is. It's a place where I document the, the music scene and then I started and then I started realizing how much shows I actually go to and how no one was really doing what I was doing. Yeah. And then I just realized that I, even though there's like, I've seen about five or six other photographers in Kelowna that, that go to shows, but they don't go the miles that I go to. So that was also where I was like, I'd, I don't want to sound cocky about it, but I'm the one that's documenting the music scene. And then uh, I based it 
around MTV from the 90s a ton. And so I was like, how can I just not make it just a place where I post sets? And so and that's where I started coming up with like the the uh, podcast where I did. I ran it for, I think, three, four months where every month I would uh, find about five songs from Bandcamp that I really enjoyed and I would put it onto this podcast. I would talk about why why I'm putting this song on, then I'd play it, give my feedback on it again, and then it ran for about 20 minutes each episode and I did probably four or five. And then um, I just got too busy, so mm. I couldn't keep doing it. And then... Uh, and then I started doing interviews because no one else was doing interviews. And yeah. so uh, that was really cool because some of majority of the artists that I did interview were people that didn't know or people didn't really know about and hadn't been interviewed at the time. Oh, I see. I see. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so Wolf Shock then essentially is like a building block of the whole scene, or at least a point where it all just sort of funnels into. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and what's crazy, too, is that um, as time went on, people started noticing who I was, and I would go to shows, and people would either recognize me as the guy that runs Wolf Shock, or alien Matt, or just like oh i've seen you at three shows before and now you're here and i actually filmed a so i don't know if you've heard of angel maker yep yeah so yeah, of course uh i filmed one of their shows at munin's post and right. then like two weeks later i shot a grunge band uh, at Mill Crate at their old location. Mm -hmm. And so after the show, the two guys come up and they're like, we've seen you before. Wow. And then uh, the drummer was like, you were at the Angel Maker show like two weeks ago, right? And I was like, yeah. And, and then uh, they saw my pictures. And so the fact that they didn't know who I actually was, but they knew that I was the guy that ran Wolf Shock. Yeah. They were like, oh, we saw those pictures. They turned out killer. So we know our pictures are going to turn out killer. Hell yeah. And so I was like, dang, that's crazy because everyone creates a platform and they expect it to blow up and they expect it to become something. But when it actually does become something they're like, for me, I was lost in the, I, I was lost in the fact that people actually took the time out of their day to watch the videos, to actually take an, a interest in it. Mm hmm. And then I started meeting promoters and uh, local promoters, and they're like, "Hey, we've seen your stuff. We like if you want to come to our shows, just let us know, and we can let you in." And so it's gone to a point where no matter where I go, people are like, "Oh, that's the guy that runs the Wolf Shock." And so I've filmed bands that uh, who've played in basements, but then through, but then three weeks later they're playing some big fest. Like um, the one band that I keep on 
thinking back to is uh, Safe and Sound uh, from uh, Seattle. And I filmed them playing basement shows, but then... And but this weekend, I think it is, uh, they're playing This Is Hardcore. Uh, when I first shot them, uh, like six months later, they played Rainfest and wow. they were playing in front of hundreds of people. But then when they played in Vernon, they were playing for like 50 people. And so I was <laughs> like, okay, this is really cool. I'm playing for, or I've You're documented, yeah, I've documented bands that are fine with playing for 50 people or 100 people yeah and that's the coolest thing about it because they love doing it for the sake of doing it exactly Mm -hmm. and so and then uh i'm actually working on a new project too that is the is going to be like a step up from uh from wolf shock okay and so i haven't talked about it and i was actually waiting for this podcast uh, oh wow thank you (laughs) to talk about it and like i've told a couple of people about it and i've been planning it for the last like six seven months and so uh it's so it's going to be called the vortex room okay and it's going to be a spot on to what Wolf Shock was. But so Wolf Shock was always about documenting like death metal, hardcore, uh, indie music, more of like the genre that no one really talks about on on mainstream platforms. Yeah, and the underground. Yeah, you yeah, wanted to document the underground. Exactly. And so now that I've gone into almost full-time DJing I'm seeing underground DJs producers rappers I'm seeing a whole different side that no one else is really documenting and so even though that like it's 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 easier to talk about like DJs than it is with hardcore bands I'm gonna start uh start that kind of side project where it's called the vortex room and so it's gonna be like i said based around djs and uh i've got i've got a bunch of cool stuff coming up for that and i'm i'm hoping to have it fully announced or fully ready in like september october very cool and are you planning on doing the same thing which is photos videos and interviews yeah and so it it's gonna be because I never wanted to involve that side with Wolf Shock because I always wanted, I always wanted to keep the two separate. And right. so uh, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, no, it it'll be fine. I'll just announce to the Wolf Shock fans that like, hey, I'm gonna start including electronic and DJ stuff into it. But then I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to mesh them together because yeah. it didn't feel it didn't feel right because the roots of Wolfshock were always hardcore and and uh, death metal. Right. And so I was like, with Wolfshock, I was like, what can I do to still make it sound cool, but to be its own thing? And so one day I was playing uh, Life Is Strange on my uh, PS4. And I passed, and it's a crazy story game where uh, the main character has 
is going to a school and she can turn back time. And it's, I won't get into much of it, but they were having a event in the game called the Vortex Club. And I was like, that's a really cool name. Yeah. And so, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm also going to host events and do like uh, YouTube um, spotlights for DJs where they can do like a 30 minute set of their own style of music. Yeah. And so there's this thing called the boiler room in the UK where it takes DJs and puts them into a club setting and they can play for an hour of their own style of music. And there's nothing like that here in Kelowna. Right. And so now the further and further I get into DJing, I'm meeting more and more underground artists. I'm like, hey, and I've asked a handful of them what they think of this idea. And they're like, that's dope. That's super cool. I want to be a part of it. And so I'm going to make it like very much like every like every tuesday every wednesday i'm gonna have someone new i'm gonna have like i'm gonna start getting people or djs from Kelowna to have their own like podcast where they can play their own music or like tracks that they found so then eventually it could become like Kelowna's go or like north america's like go to uh, spot to find new underground electronic music very cool yeah yeah that's awesome it is so obviously supporting the community is important to you exactly yeah because and as you know there's so much talent in Kelowna mm-hmm. and so I want to be able to help someone else uh get to the point where uh where their favorite artist is and because everyone that we watch and we see and and we listen starts off small and starts off as a nobody and that's who i was three three years ago went to that show uh i went and shot shot putrid brew knew no one and then fast forward two and a half years later i go to a show and like 97% of people are like, oh, dude, Matt's here. We're going to have a sick picture turnout. <laughs> and like, after, and it's been happening for the last year and a half where after a show, I get three, four messages from people and they're like, when are the pictures up coming up? When are they like, I want to see them because, and uh, the show that happened on Sunday I got I got probably three four messages saying like hey dude can I see the pictures uh, and I posted a teaser and they're like we need the pictures right now I want to see them <laughs> and so it it's crazy because it's definitely the last thing I ever expected to happen mm-hmm. but I think it's happening because I never expected it to happen so yeah. I so I didn't have a plan after I shot that show in 2015 where i was like okay this is the show that's gonna make me big i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot it and i'm gonna become known as the like photographer for the scene it just happened one day where i went to more and more shows i would go to two three shows a week work a nine to five and then 
go to two, three more shows. And then people were like, why do you do this? How do you do it? Yeah. And so, and now I tell people I'm, I'm at this point because I went to those two, three shows a week. I was that crazy guy that shot bands that maybe played one show and called it quits or they've been, they played their first show and now they're this super massive band like uh, Apollyon. I shot their third show Mm -hmm. in 2015 and now they're one of the biggest black metal bands in Kelowna and people are pumped whenever they play. Mm -hmm. They just played their first or they've been playing AMF for three years, I think now. Okay. And this summer they just played main stage. And so, yeah. Wow. Good for them. So it, so it's crazy because the first show I shot, uh, of theirs was in a shoebox venue in mm-hmm. Vernon that's no longer there, mm-hmm. and they sounded completely different. And now, two and a half years later, they're <clears throat> what I can think they're at. They're like where they want to be in sounding, and the fact that they got to play main stage is like I saw those guys play for like twenty people and now they're playing for a hundred people. Hell yeah. That's so. so sick. Okay. So I wanted to then get into since you're <coughs> obviously gonna be ve- you're obviously very busy with Wolf Shock. Yeah. How does that how do you find time to then do scoped exposure? And I wanted oh, to get into yes. scoped exposure I, because it's not just you. No there's four other people besides you. So there's Spencer Price. Yep. That does Spicy a video. Spence. That does the video and editing. There's Cole Hadley, who does the photography. Yeah. Carissa Lay, who also does photography. And then Liam, I couldn't find his last name, uh, uh, who does the recording and mixing of the audio live. And so, do you, first of all, yeah. with all this Wolf Shock stuff and scoped exposure stuff, are you getting paid for this? Or is this something that you, go, I, that you all just do uh, for free for the fun of it? Uh, we get, we get paid here and there, uh, but it's mainly, we do it because we see, we see that it needs to be done and no one else is doing it and no one else is crazy enough to do it. And so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so then why not just sort of advertise it? So in a way that makes it so people can hire you to get your photos. Yeah. Uh, that's... I'll actually jump into that too. Um, every, and I have a crazy theory behind uh, that is because everyone wants to, uh, and this is what I've learned in the last three years uh, that I've actually been like super invested in this is that everyone wants to, and it's happened a ton with me and DJing and doing producing is that everyone wants to become big, but no one wants to support that person that wants to make it big. And so no one wants to pay the $5 to, to make the cover art because they don't, they, they see it as like, Oh, we're homies. So if you do this for me, the exposure from that is going to get someone else to pay you. And so it's very hard to get paid for for doing creative content because people that don't understand the time that it takes to make it is longer than a three minute video. Because 
I think <clears throat> that some people that don't have that don't know how to edit videos or don't like know what the time it takes they see that a three minute video takes three minutes to make but in all reality a three minute video for me takes about four hours to make just because i want to take time i want to edit it so it looks good so that it so people can go back to it and actually see that it took time for the people that actually do know how to edit videos can say like, oh, that person spent more than three minutes on it. Mm -hmm. And so and and when you start something new, not not a lot of people understand the impact on it. And yeah, like I I read a couple of years ago, a Nike like biograph on how it like became what it is or like how the brand became as big as it is now and the person that designed the logo designed it for like $18 and now it's worth a couple billion dollars I could be wrong but it's worth like a crazy amount of money you see that it was that a Vox video that you watched yeah yeah I saw that one it's a great video yeah and so no one realizes how big of an impact a a idea is because no one or majority of people don't see the impact that it could happen like Apple for example it started off in a garage no one expected for it to be as big as it is now and so I think majority of people don't want to invest in something that's that's new because they don't realize how big of an impact it's actually going to have. Have, but Wolf Shock isn't new though. You've been doing it for the last no. couple of years though. Uh Wolf Shock was so it was also crazy because I've been doing I've been editing videos or I've been filming. Uh, I've been a videographer about four years now. I think it is. But I never took it as like, oh, this could turn into a career. So I think at times I find it awkward asking to get paid because I don't feel or I don't want to sound like I'm needy or something. But then as time goes on, I'm starting to realize that uh, people are going to take you a little more seriously if you ask that you get paid because then you then they see that you find worth in your product and then you're also going to take more time on it and you're going to take more care on it because you're getting paid x amount of of uh, money for it yeah and so the uh the team and i at scoped scoped exposure have a ton of crazy things that we're pl planning and so eventually it'll turn into something that that we'd never imagined because uh in september we are throwing our one year anniversary show and headlining that is terror and so none of us ever expected to be doing a show that like that big because there's two, we're doing two dates and it's in Calgary and Edmonton. And those are the only two dates that Terror's playing. Right. And it's not like they're doing like a North American tour or a Western Canada tour. They're playing two shows for us. Wow. And so that's... So 
because Scope's only been around for a year, we're all still trying to get, like, uh, what's happening and, like, oh, this is real. And so eventually it'll become all of our full-time jobs. It's just in the moment kind of thing. Right. Okay, so let's start off with how did Scoped Exposure start? Whose idea was it? How did it get you all five together to say, let's make some videos and photos for the scene? Uh, two reasons. Wolfshock Entertainment and Hate Five Six. So uh, I didn't know Spencer three years ago, but I did know him by his content that he was putting out on YouTube, Instagram, and so it was around 2016 when uh, the, at the time, what I thought was the first Western Hardcore Fest in Calgary. And so I was planning on going to that, uh, but financial and life events happened that I wasn't, I wasn't able to make it. But I did ask, like, hey, can I film this show? And then one of the promoters was like, oh, we've picked out our videographer and we're just sticking to one person. So I was like, okay, that's fair enough. And, uh, and then later on I found out it was Spencer. And so I was like, Oh, that's cool that there's someone else that's shooting those videos. And then I started watching his content. I started posting more content on Wolfshock. I started sharing that content onto, uh, more hardcore pages one of them happening happening to be the Calgary uh, hardcore page, and so what I didn't know is that he started like noticing like oh there's someone in BC that's also a videographer, and that's shooting hardcore shows, and so we started so it, he didn't approach me uh, right away. Uh, but one day I was at work or something and, uh, my phone, uh, uh, puts up a pop-up and says, Spencer Price likes Alien Matt. I was like, okay, because at the time I would post, I would, I would post my sets on my fan page and then share it from there. And so I was like, okay, then he likes it. And then all of a sudden I get a friend request. I was like, okay, I've, I know who he is. Why? Like, this is, this is kind of cool. And so, uh, I of course accept it. Cause I was like, okay, maybe he wants to talk about something. And so this was last year around, uh, it was around April, May. And so we start talking and then we start telling each other what we do. And then, uh, he meant, and then I, I think I asked him, I was like, Hey, you're the guy that shot the, uh, fest last year, right? He's like, yeah. And so I told him how I wanted to shoot that fest, but they said that he was the one that was shooting it. And then he's like, actually that's what i wanted to talk to you about really yeah and and so i was like hey this is cool and so we started talking he's like yeah i actually what do you think of coming down to calgary for uh this year's fast and then i think i replied to him saying like oh i would love to but they said that i couldn't film last year he's like what if i told you 
I would be the one in charge and you'd be okay to film it. And I was like, yeah, I'm down for it. And uh, at the time that 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 was my first fest that I that I went to and also shot. And so as as the weeks went on before the uh, before the fest, he's like, hey, so I know you run Wolf Shock, but what do you think about us making our own page. And I was like, oh, go on. I'm interested. And he starts talking about Hey Five Six and uh, talking about how he wants to create his own channel, but he wants to not just make it one person. And so I was like, okay, go, go on. And then, uh, and then he starts mentioning Cole because he's like, it'd be really cool if we got like a photographer on onto the team because we don't want just two videographers because we want someone to have pictures on the channel or uh, for our social media yeah on your page yeah and so i was like and what's crazy too is i kind of knew who cole was too so i was like okay i've been following these two guys for a couple of months and now i'm doing what every parent tells every kid not to do and talk to strangers that you meet online but i was like they seem cool they seem nice (laughs) they're they're from canada so why not and so we started talking and we all then then we all start realizing that like hey we won't we we want to do this so let's start throwing throwing out ideas on like what we want to name it and so we start like we probably suggested i don't know like 50 names and then uh i forget who came up with scope to like the actual name but i think i suggested something like since we're capturing like the bands why don't we like mention like scoped and then someone and then it was either cole and spencer Cole, yeah cole or spencer was like why don't we, since we're exposing bands why don't we just say expose and then we put scoped exposure together and we're like okay we like this name and so uh i drove down to calgary on my own and uh and at the time i we facetimed like once or twice and so i didn't really know much about these guys but cole was like hey you can stay at my place if you want so i was like sick. yo that's so dope <laughs> yeah and so i was like all right this is sick i'm staying over at a now friend's place that i met over the internet and yeah. so uh we and cole and spencer i don't think really knew each other either so it was just like three three dudes that had the same vision got together out of the randomness and uh we we stayed over at cole's house actually both spencer and i because spencer was living in winnipeg at the time yeah and so we all stayed and then we started getting to know each other a bit more and then uh we went shot the fast we all had a great time because we actually were doing what we were talking about and i was excited because i got to actually travel and 
uh, see a bunch of bands that I was like super into. Yeah. Uh, and I got to be, be on stage with them. Yo. So, uh, like a couple of months before I went to the fest, I got into, at the time, the band Trust Issues, which they're now named uh, Dying Wish. And so when I found out they were playing that fast, I was like, I got to see a band that I've been following for a couple of months now and I get to see them on stage. And so it was cool because it wasn't just going to just film a bunch of bands that I didn't care for, but to actually see friends bands play, uh, see bands that I never heard of, but people talk about all the time. And so, uh, after the fast was done, we're like, okay, uh, we're going to discuss how we want it run, how we want it to look, the feel of it. And so a couple of like, so with the VHS running and the nineties glitchy effect, uh, Spencer was like, that's, uh, because since Wolfshark was very nineties base, he was like, that's really cool how you have that VHS, like, intro and he's like hey do you mind if i use that i was like heck yeah i'm down for that and so it's very much like a if i didn't start wolf shock uh it's possible that scoped exposure would have never been a thing because yeah, true uh and that's what's crazy too is that uh when i was growing up i never thought i'd be like an influencer <laughs> quote unquote uh but to have have spencer message me and saying like hey i've seen your videos what do you think of us starting something and so right. if if wolf shock was never a thing then scoped exposure could have possibly never been a thing true yeah very true that must feel really good yeah and so to see where it is now uh was crazy too mm -hmm. and then how uh carissa and liam joined the team i was just about to ask uh, you yeah <laughs> uh was so liam uh is is a audio tech and mm -hmm. so he runs his own uh sound uh engineering company which i'm blank i think it's called wolves den uh but and so we wanted to start having our set sound uh, like a hundred times better yeah and so at, and since you're a gearhead, you probably know uh, we've been using the H4 Zoom. Okay. Yeah, and so, but we wanted our sound to sound even better. And so, since Liam's like full time into uh, sound tech, uh, Spencer messaged Liam and was like, hey, this is what we do. Do you want to be a part of it? And he was down for it. And then uh, for Carissa, she was actually at a show that Spencer and Cole were shooting because uh, I think it was the Power Trip show. Right. Uh, no, it was when Jesus Peace came down to play. It was after the after they played Vancouver. Right. Uh, so it was for the... Yeah, it was Jesus Peace and Worldview, I think, that was playing that show. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was the show that she was at. But Spencer was like, uh, after that night message, the group was like, guys, there was another photographer at the show. I'm going to see if she wants to get involved. And so, uh, Spencer and her had a sit down convo and they started talking and 
she was down for the the idea and so she joined the team and so what started off as three people well what started off as two people then turned into three people then now is five people is is crazy because a year ago i never expected scope to get as big as as big as it is now and the fact that we're we're putting on a one-year anniversary show and having terror headline is something I never expected, and I don't think any of the other team members expected. Well, that's big. Yeah. You guys did that yourself. We did, yeah. That's well, we have... You have other sponsors, though. I did see that yeah. on your poster. Yeah. <laughs> which which is a big shout-out to DPK and... Uh, um, grade five promotions and like a couple other like oh and then i think there's another m mgr i think is also helping us too right. so there's oh and then cousin death cousin mm. of death i think is also on that too yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's just the fact that there's all those promotion companies that are supporting scoped exposure is just like i'm sitting down sometimes and i'm like I helped make this and I was the one that designed the, the logo as well. And so seeing it on that poster and seeing it being shared is like, I was a part of something that I never thought I'd, I'd ever be able to do. Yeah. That's awesome. That's exactly what I love hearing. I like it when people start to make things for themselves like that. They make sort of the change happen and be a part of what they want to do. And that's sort of what your mission was from be- from the beginning. Exactly. It was to always expose bands that no one's ever heard of. And there's been a couple of times where people are like, I was looking on your podcast or I was looking on your page and I noticed a band that I'd never heard of before. And then there's been like every once in a while I'll get a comment uh, from like, so I've shot Mad Child and also Hobson. Really? Yeah. And so uh, there is a promo video I made for Mad Child for one of the promotions company. And one of the comments was, come to Nashville or something. I was like, he's never going to see that. But it's cool that they're, <laughs> that they're taking the time to like watch the promo video and then comment on it thinking that he's going to see it but he's never going to see it you don't know that yeah that's true because i just had uh ben stunden stunned music yeah talk to me uh last week or so and he was telling me how he made a remix of one of oh, uh right. whose song was it um i listened to the interview it was too. yeah uh anyway he made it for this really really famous artist i don't remember yeah. what his name was such a such a popular name i don't can't believe i can't remember I know, right now. same here uh, but yeah, no, he made a remix of one of this, uh, famous person's song and the famous person reached out to him two days before he, Ben and I sat down for an interview. That's right. So yeah. I, yeah, I get, yeah, it's possible. So it's totally possible, man. It's like crazier things have happened for oh, sure. Exactly. I mean, even the fact that Spencer approached me, uh, was crazy enough to start something that is now, I. I go to shows here in Kelowna and people like the show on that just happened on Sunday. I was wearing our, uh, our scoped exposure shirt. And some guy was like, Oh dude, you're from scope. That's so sick. I've watched a bunch of your videos. You're like, Hey, five, six, like, are you from Calgary? I'm like, 
No, I'm from here. So I get some people that, th- that think I'm from Calgary or Vancouver, but they don't realize that I'm from Kelowna and they're like, you do all this traveling. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that far. Like Vancouver is only four hours away. Yeah. So to travel there is not really an issue. It's not a big deal. No. And so like I, two weeks ago, I went down for a show cause one of the bands was, was opening that I've been wanting to check out for so long. I was like, they're four hours away. Uh, and the team and I on scope wanted culminate on our channel. So I was like, I'm down to make the drive. And so, and so it's, it's definitely cool to see that people in Kelowna are actually like taking a notice of it. Hell too. yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. I think yeah. it's definitely something that a lot of people will look up to and strive for themselves, yeah, which is very cool. You yeah. are turning into an influencer. Which is what I want. And so, like, also, as time goes on, Wolf Shock's going to be, like, taking, like, a step back, too. Yeah, because uh, Scoped is, like, a big, big project for Scope, you. Yeah, Scoped, and then also, like, DJing, too. Like, right. Um in the last year i've started like or more yeah in the last year i've started looking at everything i'm doing in life and i'm like okay what has potential and what doesn't have potential and i'm not saying that wolfshock doesn't have potential but i'm working on so many other projects that have potential that i that i want to see grow and so of course it's hard well it's not even as hard as I thought it was going to be to lay down Wolf Shock into more of like a more like not as active project, but could come back in six months, a year and say like, hey, we're going to start doing stuff again. But the fact that like, for example, that we're putting on a one year anniversary show for uh, scoped exposure is like, hey, there's so much potential in this how can I, uh, I want to be able to focus on this because it's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And so one of the things that you'll have to then also put it onto your side is your gin and tonic project that you do with Josh McE- McEwen. You got that right. Who's also known as DJ track six on Instagram or, uh, leather, fi- leather face, leather face on, yeah. uh, band camp. So, yeah. What, tell me about this. Uh, what is this dubstep DJ hey, project so that you have going on? This is also a crazy thing, too, because I've only been into hardcore music for about, like, solidly for three years. So when I shot Pewter Brew, that was, like, the step in, like, okay, hardcore is really sick. But actually, I started producing electronic music back in... 2010 when dubstep was like really making a push for it and people were like what is dubstep and so when what caught my eye was when skrillex released his ep scary monsters and and nice sprites i was like hey this is really well the first time i i listened to it i I said to my friends, this sounds scary. I don't like it. And then three weeks later or some, some time span, I was like, 
I want to know how he made this. So I went on YouTube and Google and was like, how to make dubstep. And so, uh, getting back to how I met Josh was actually, um, when I was working at Canadian Tire, every like six, six months or something, they do this new, like hot, they hire like seven new people and about, and they just test the, the new hires out and like a handful of them make it, a handful of them don't. And so one day I was working and we got like five new people to come in. And uh, so I was working in the warehouse at the time and we got a new guy coming in and just so happened to be Josh. And at, and at the time, he was just another new hire and then we started talking and um, we started getting to like know who each other are and he finds me on Facebook. I don't know how I think I told him and I think I told him my last name or something, but then I get this friend request from him and so I accept it. I start scrolling down just to see who this guy was and then I see that he makes music. I was like, okay like that's cool and then i noticed a video of a remix that he did and i was like hey he knows someone else that i know i started watching it i was like those clips look familiar and then i was like wait i shot this video wait he took he he took clips of my video and remixed the song that i shot the the music video for and then holy shit yeah uh and so i was like okay what's like what's happening and so uh the next day i was like or and like so he he gave me credit in a way that he took the Wolfshock logo and he put it at the beginning or the end of the video i forget where but so the next day we were in our break room and I was like, hey, so have you heard of Wolfshock Entertainment? He's like, yeah, I'm trying to find the guy that runs that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I'm the guy that runs that. He's like, no way that like you're alien Matt. I'm like, yeah, oh my yeah, God. he's like. I've been trying to find you for the last six months. Where have you been? <laughs> I was like, I've been here. He's like, no way. And so, uh, at, like, as the weeks go on, we started talking about, like, music producing. And I told him how I wanted to. So, like I was saying, I've been producing music for the last eight years. And so, but I never wanted. And so, at, like, probably three probably like a couple months into producing music i was like you know it'd be sick djing djing would be sick and so i started looking up looking up videos on how to dj and then i realized one thing is that djs only twist knobs and and stand behind a table and twist knobs and i was like i don't want to be just a guy that twists knobs and so I started looking up equipment. I started finding keyboards, drum pads. I was like, drum pads are sick. I have no rhythm. I have no knowledge on music, but drum pads look sick. So, <laughs> so I went to Wentworth and I bought a machine micro. 
And so I started messing around with that. And so when I met Josh, I told him that I want to start doing live drum performances. He's like, you're kidding me. I was like, no. And he's like, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to do the same thing, but I've been wanting to find someone else that could do that. I was like, well, I'm down to come over anytime uh, that you want. And so we started hanging out hanging out outside of work and he sends me a picture he's like i just bought this drum pad come by sometime and start messing around with it and so i started messing around with the drum pad he started mixing and twisting knobs and then and then we realized that like this is a cool concept we also realized that no one else in Kelowna was doing that like the the only other guys that i can think of that are a DJ duo are broken future. And so, uh, and like, I don't believe in competition to like a big point, but I was like, and at the time broken future wasn't a thing. So there wasn't any other DJ groups. And so I was like, at some point he's like, Hey, I'm doing a gig this Friday. Do you want to come out and just see what I do? And I was like, um, I, I told him that I was shooting a hip hop show, so I'll come and check it out next time. He's like, okay, fair enough. And then like two weeks later, he's like, Hey, I'm doing another show. Do you want to come down? I was like, yeah, I'm free. I'll ride with you. And so we go out and, uh, he's like, Oh, I have to step out for a second. And so I was like, okay, well, I've like messed around the tables a bit at his place and so I, so when he went out to do something, I was like, okay, we're in front of, so we would DJ at matches. Uh, it's in the casinos downtown. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, he would go out and do something and I'd be like, okay, I have to play music. And then I started like mixing and he was outside, uh, having a smoke break and he's like, okay this guy actually knows what he's kind of doing. And then he comes back. He's like, that sounded good. And then we started hanging out and, uh, it was the May long weekend, uh, last year. Uh, I had a couple of friends from Vancouver come down. I was, uh, cause one of them is a hip hop artist. And so I was shooting some promo stuff for him and we're all at roses. And, uh, I ordered a gin and tonic, I think. And he's like, hey, so in high school, I want to start a a DJ group with my friend. But like things fell through and uh, it it happened, but it didn't like it didn't push forward enough. And so he's like, what do you think of us starting a DJ group? I was like, I'm down for that because the friend that uh, my friend that I was going to, uh, do the podcast radio show with, we were also going to become a DJ group. So essentially it was two guys that randomly met that always wanted to form some kind of group. Just one day started working at Canadian Tire. And as time went on, we realized that we had the same vision under it. And so we, we started like thinking of 
of ideas. I started designing the logo. I started like pushing out the design work and then we started working on songs. And then we realized that we had two different tastes of styles, but we also wanted to create music that no one's ever heard of. Right. And so, uh, just as time went on, we just realized that, uh, we both want it. We both have the same vision and we want to see where it goes. And so what's crazy too, is because when I, before I met him, I was, uh, I, I was still producing music, but it was very like, I have some free time. I'm just going to mess around with sounds in FL for six hours and not even do anything. And then when I met Josh and I told him that I produce music, I was like, I'm just going to start making songs again. And, or I'm going to start making songs that have the potential of playing in clubs or at fests. And so as time went on, I started sending him stuff and he's like, that's sounding good, but make it better. And so he's, in a way been the guy that's like pushing me to sound better in my nice. sound yeah. which is which is cool because i produced a song last june that i listen to now and i i don't i don't hate it but uh but i also wouldn't play it in a club because <laughs> it's not it doesn't sound as good as my music that i'm making right now yeah and so um, it's in a way been like that push that like, okay, I have someone that's like wanting me to sound better and better. Right. Dope, so, man. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It's so insane that you have so many different ventures that you've gotten yourself into, Oh, it's crazy. especially with like all the time that it takes yeah. up, like damn. And uh, lastly, before we finish up here, uh, what's up with your, with your clothing brand kids plus uh what was it yeah kids plus crooks you got that yeah so like every other graphics designer in Kelowna well that I see or let's go let's say like every other teenager in Kelowna uh they design one sick design and they look at it and they're like wow that would look sick on a shirt and then uh I just one day was like and this was like so before Kids Plus Crooks, I was I had another clothing brand called uh, Alien Apparel, and so I made like a couple of designs for that, and I started like pushing it, and my friends were like, "Yo, next time I got paid, I'll definitely support it. I'll definitely buy something." I probably got told that like seven times by seven different people. Maybe three people actually bought stuff, <laughs> and so I'm like. I found I found it to be like super cool and like like this is something that I could do for a while and yeah. so uh, Kids Plus Crooks was more of like the edgier like almost like super simplistic designs and so uh, Alien Apparel was very like cartoony very like fun almost but then Kids Plus Crooks was one day I. I was on a bus ride and I downloaded or I took an image of the Versace logo and mm -hmm. I started coloring into it because it was a transparent uh, design. And so 
I like made my own color scheme behind it. And then I was thinking of like a play on words. And then one day I was like kids, crux. And then I, I wanted it to, it resembles uh, crux and castles a bit. Yeah. And so that was the inspiration be, behind it too was, was that brand. And so uh, I I spelled crux with a K because I thought it would be cool and look cool. And so uh, it it was just an uh, a idea that I had four, four years ago. And so like seven months ago, I was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to revamp it, bring it back. And then I'm just going to create designs that are simple. And then I'm going to put them out that people can buy if they want to buy it. Cool. If they don't, I'm not going to be heartbroken about it. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's a clothing brand that uh, that's just kind of like there. And like if I. If I ever started like a merch, like a merch line or something, or like I wanted to have like a place that I, that I could sell clothes to, I would put it under Kids Plus Crooks. But that's like the gist of it. Right. Damn, that's wild. So many different ventures. You're so goddamn oh, busy. <laughs> there, and and there's like a handful more too. Like I'm trying to start a band too, which Dude, we, there's honestly so much stuff I could still talk to yeah. you about, but that just means we got to get you on another episode. I'm down for it. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, but uh, where can everybody find all your stuff that you're working on? Like what are your handles? So, the easiest right now that I post majority of them on is alien matt and that's with a four and seven a so four l i e n and then matt with two t's beautiful all right and that's everywhere like facebook instagram all that stuff instagram youtube uh, youtube and twitter and also scoped exposure you got that it's just at scoped exposure dope that's very cool awesome well uh lastly did you have any like uh questions that you had for me at all anything brief you wanted to ask me i guess uh what inspired you to start doing these podcasts oh oh okay Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um i'm gonna try to keep it short and simple oh please do um the thing that inspired me to do this was that i found the art scene in Kelowna wasn't that cohesive right Mm -hmm. there wasn't like a singular place that i could go to to say yeah that's where i can find a new hot band coming out or blah 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 right yeah so that's sort of why i wanted to do this and also i just found that i was so busy doing my own thing uh my own projects that i never spent time to go to shows or go to um different things to meet new people anymore right so i just sort of wanted to take that time to sort of socialize but also promote the people that are around doing really cool shit so that's why i started for the culture that's sick that's dope yeah but anyway thank you very much matthew i really appreciate you having me talk to you and have you come on to the show but that was matt bermatoff also known as alien matt he is a videographer, a photographer, and does so many different projects. Honestly, we have to get this guy back on here. Thank you. But you can follow us on For the Culture CA podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and 
SoundCloud and all sorts of different places. Uh, make sure that you also follow everything that Matt's doing because he's on so much stuff. He's on the ball within our scene, within our culture. Mm-hmm. Very important to support our scene. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Day.